This podcast is rated ES for extremely silly and may contain bad words, bad jokes, and other bad content that is not suitable for children. Or maybe it is. We don't know. We're not their parents. You're listening to the Starforge Podcast with Saya and Mao, two nerds who have a lot to say about Star Wars The Old Republic and all its features. Rest assured, the podcast is working as intended. This is Episode 4, Pay for What You Get. Hello, SWOTOR players. I am Mal. And I'm Saya. And this is the Starforge Podcast. Now launched successfully across several platforms. Except Apple, which we finally did manage to submit it. We learned some wonderful, wonderful tech workarounds, and I didn't have to go into a Mac store and try to type in my credentials there. I did suggest that for her to just go to an Apple store and pretend she wants to buy an iPad just to continue, press continue on the terms of service. The customer support person will say, ma'am. What are you looking for in an iPad today? And I'll say, I like computers. <laughs> I guess I would like to buy one eye product, please. Oh, God. Luckily, it didn't come to that. Luckily, it just came to tabbing to the continue button and pressing enter on my keyboard. You did it. Wow. So Apple. Biggest bunch of bullcrap I've ever seen. Wait, don't badmouth them. It hasn't been fully accepted into the directory yet. Oh man, the most wonderful Apple website. I love using tab and pressing enter to accept all my things. From now on, keyboard only for me. Threw my mouse in the trash. Fuck a mouse. Use a keyboard. An Apple keyboard. So, we launched our show. I feel like it went pretty well, Saya. Have you heard some good feedback about this? Yeah, I mean, the first episode we knew was going to be a little awkward because we're both getting used to talking to each other. We both know that that's like a, that was a given thing that was going to happen. But we're in a much better spot now, I think. And uh, a surprising amount of you tuned in for it. I didn't realize how many players would actually be interested in a podcast. I've had quite a few people reach out and say, hey, you should you should start one. I would listen, but I didn't realize it would be in the multiple thousands of people. So I'm really excited that you guys are liking this. Uh, Let us know either in the YouTube comments if you're listening that way, or you can send us a tweet at StarForgeCast. Yeah, Miss Miss Swotarista didn't think anyone would listen to her podcast, and she tags me on the tweets. God, rip my notifications. Look, how are they supposed to like this if there's no fancy videos in the background? These kids these days, they got no attention span. (sighs) Well, I'll tell you what. I actually got a lot of positive feedback from some of my friends. The best, the best feedback I got was from my friend. And he said that he said I could tell this story on the podcast. It was about, oh no, it was about episode two, Space Bar, please. And he texted me. He said, There was an embarrassing for me part when you guys talked about a space bar for kind of a while, and it took me a really long time to figure out you meant a physical space bar on a computer and not a place for space characters to get space drinks. (gasps) Oh! (laughs) I thought it was such a wonderful pun in the title when you originally titled it. I was like, yeah, space bar, like a cantina. Oh, and it's also a space bar on your keyboard. Fantastic. And here I am talking about somewhere in the episode, I was saying I want to replace everything with a space bar. Yes, apparently liquor me up. Oh, man, it's making so much more sense to me now why he would think that because he's never played Swator. So 
Spacebar, it allows you to skip the in-game cutscenes and movies. Because you're too drunk to see what's happening. Because you hit up the spacebar. <laughs> I've been in a lot of ops and flashpoints where I wish there was a spacebar in the thing. Man, have you ever gotten a chance to go to, it's called August Cantina. It's in Disneyland, in the Star Wars land. It's literally a space bar. Like, it's a fully themed Star Wars cantina. They also have one in downtown Los Angeles that I have not been to. That's called Scum and Villainy. And it's, once again, a themed bar. I want to go really badly. Oh, man. That sounds like a lot of fun. I have not been. I haven't been to Disneyland since, oh, God, I don't even know. 2014. I'll post some some photos in the show notes so you guys can see what this uh, this space bar looks like. But I think we've talked enough about getting drunk on our keyboard. Yeah. Although, hey, uh, you know, space bars probably don't disappoint as many people as group content in Swator can. Disappointing other people. So in this segment of Disappointing Other People, where we talk about things you can do with other people in the game, we're going to be talking about a topic that many of you may have never even heard of, and that is a sales run. Mal, did you kind of want to explain what a sales run even is? So a sales run is usually a nightmare op, and seven people in the group are experienced nightmare raiders, and they basically sell clears achievements of that operation to an eighth person who wants the achievements or wants a decoration or a mount. So basically, if you're that eighth person, you pay somewhere in the range of 300 million plus credits, possibly up to even a billion credits, depending on how hard this type of content is, and they will run you through. You get to either sit in a corner or, in certain cases, you may pretend to participate. Yep, that's pretty much it. Have you ever gotten to do one? No, I have never done that. Either, I I have never bought one. And uh, the group I was in, we didn't sell them. I don't think very many groups do the sales runs because you really need to be a good, very organized team because you have to do it, that hardest content in the game, one person short. Possibly with someone who's causing more chaos than just being one person short. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just don't, I don't know. We never did it and I can think of better ways to make money personally for me. There are some people out there, though, they are just machines at doing sales runs. I know of one group who used to do it, and I heard recently, though, they they stopped. They stopped doing it. They were tired of it. Um, I've actually gotten a chance to do one. We'll talk a little more about my feelings on sales runs later. They're very mixed. Um, but I got a chance to do one. A friend really wanted the cosmetics from an operation. They had credits. They didn't have the time to learn to be a nightmare caliber raider and they didn't have a team to do it, which is a whole nother hurdle. And uh, they said, hey, so the buyer or the seller said we need at least four people to do it. I know you have credits. Do you want to come along for fun? And it was for a boss. I'm having trouble remembering the name. It's the secret boss on Yavin 4. That has a ton of steps. It's a big purple glowy thingy. Oh, the one in the cave? No, it's Ancient Threat. It's almost even more secret than those two other secret bosses that you're probably thinking of, a Dreadful Entity and Hateful Entity. And this one, um, 
if you're doing it with a less organized group, you you almost want like 24 plus people. Like it's a crazy boss. I've never even been on a run of it before. I was like, maybe one day I'll organize this with my guild somewhere down the road. But it's such a huge process. I never really got around to it. And so I was like, sure, I'll drop I'll drop whatever millions amount of credits and come along for fun. I'll come on one of my non-main characters so I can save my main character to actually do it with like a group that I consider mine. And it was so cool. Um, I thought they were going to be like, a hot mess. Like for some reason, I thought they were going to be like really rude, like look down at the buyer and stuff like that. But they were literally what you would expect. They were a group professionally selling an organized run of a piece of content to someone who wants to do it but can't do it otherwise. It was it was actually a really positive experience, and I got to ask a lot of questions. And the the raid leader that was actually a prez for anyone who knows him was super willing to like answer all my stupid questions. Like, how does someone even find out about this? How much does it cost? What do you need to know? How would they even contact you? Stuff like that. So you said earlier, Saya, that you had conflicting feelings about this. So let me ask you this. If you buy a sale run of a nightmare op or an ancient threat or a hateful entity, is that cheating? Well, you see, Mal, approximately seven to eight years ago when I first started getting into progression rating, I had a big old stick up my butt. And I would have said, hell yeah, it's cheating. You're you're paying your way to something that's really hard to get and you should earn it and you should do it with a team and you should never pay for it. I'm gonna I'm gonna absolutely stick up my nose at you. Go on. <laughs> I was I was like a super judgmental, especially when I first started playing. I had a I had, yeah, like I said, stick up my butt when it comes to achievements and stuff like that, that they should absolutely be earned. Um since then. I've met a lot more people. I've learned a lot more about how people like to play the game and that my way or the highway is not a stance I should ever be taking (laughs) about pretty much any topic. And uh, so I've actually learned a lot about it. I've learned about the type of groups that like to run it and why they like to do it, like what they got out of it. And um, I still don't think it's impressive if someone gets a sales run, like, ooh, you spent a bunch of credits. But uh, it's it's a really valid way of maybe getting something you would have not had access to otherwise, whether it's the cosmetics, which is, like I said, why my friend was doing it, or um, just the act of being able to try out that fight. Because just getting a veteran mode group for a lot of these fights can be really difficult. Like, I know there's some of them. There's a good chance, even though I'm 10 years in and I'll probably be playing for another 10 years if the game's still running by then, there's some I will never even step foot into. So just being able to see those... I might even purchase some sales run down the road for that, too. Yeah, I'm not sure that it's cheating. You're not really violating the terms of service. No, for sure it's not against the terms of service. So, I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, I really can't care too much about what people do, how they spend their money, and if they just want to not really do any work and get achievements. On the other hand, though... Let's say you've got one, one achievement you need. You did Nightmare Rating for eight years, but there's one boss your team never got around to or just could not clear. Now you're back in the game. You can't find a team that wants to do it with you, but you find someone willing to take you on a sales run. Hmm. The plot thickens. You're in kind of a similar stance where if you can't, find that group, that opportunity to do it. You're a little more okay with it, but you're like, you better be trying as hard as hell as you can to get that group to start with first. 
whereas I'm a little more lenient. Because otherwise, what's the point? An achievement is for something you achieved. What do you achieve by being carried through an op? Right. That's actually how I feel about, like, my personal playthrough. While I'm a little more lenient about, like, whatever everybody else wants to do, they can decide. I will probably never purchase a sales run for my own achievements. Um, I really enjoy progressing through with teams that I've worked with for a while, like friends or guildmates and stuff like that. And I'll probably never ask to be carried through either. I've I've got a big name, Mal. I don't know if you knew, but I'm famous. Um, <laughs> I've had uh, <laughs> multiple just, just nice other players from really experienced teams saying, hey, um, my team is very easy at clearing this kind of stuff. If you ever want to come for a night or two, we'll get it for you. And I'm like, mm, it's not really... That's not what I'm playing these for. I'm playing to learn all of the content, to learn strategies for it, to learn how to play my class. And that's a lot of the fun for me. We're seeing a lot of that in the upcoming expansion with the lessening of the complexity of the classes. That's part of the fun for me is learning how to play those classes in all their complexity. And hell, nightmare mode fights are not simple. (laughs) No matter how you put it, you got to learn. Yeah, And they're super unforgiving. You can't a lot of them you can't make even one mistake or it's probably a wipe. So I like I like the act of learning that and I really like the act of succeeding with a team that you've been playing with for a while, like especially friends and stuff like that. It's like, oh, it's such a fun feeling for me. Oh, Mal's making like a little heart shape with her hands. Oh, yeah, I forgot you're on my progression team. Oh, that's why you're doing that. God. <laughs> Thanks for coming on this podcast with me, Mal. I don't remember you the other six days of the week, though. Who are you again? Are you my healer? I think so. God. So me and Mal have a similar kind of question. It's uh, it's not against the terms of service, but are sales runs good for the game? Are they healthy for the game to exist or should they be something that's actually not allowed? I mean, I don't know how you would enforce that, honestly. And I would never do one. If somebody has achievements from it, I would never know unless I had to go on a raid with them where they were bad. Or maybe they were good and they just needed that one last achievement that they never got. But in terms of health of the game, I don't think it impacts it at all. And I don't care if anyone buys a run. Spend your money how you want. Buy all the runs you want. I don't care. I always considered it like super cheating when I first started the game. Like, ooh, why should... Um, George, who has 100 million credits, be allowed to buy a run. And this is back in the day. It probably only cost like 2,000 credits because we had barely had two credits to bump <laughs> together. I was so poor when the game first started for like the longest time. Oh, um, God, we went to ops uphill in the snow with cardboard <laughs> boxes for shoes. Why should George, who has 100 million credits, be allowed to buy a run? Why should only people who buy cartel packs with real money and then sell them for credits be able to buy a run? Why should Caesar just get to stomp around like a giant while the rest of us try not to get squished (laughs) under his big feet? I thought it was very unfair and very, like, kind of a gross thing to exist in the game. It was almost like real-world trading. (laughs) I I don't feel that way anymore, though. This is like a, a past feeling. We're over that. We're over that. I told you I was really stuck up about it when I first started. I think it's fine, though. Now um, now I understand a little more why those teams are doing it. It's a, a way for them to have fun, not just make credits. Honestly, the credits per hour ratio is is not great. <laughs> you could probably be making better credits playing the GTN um, or, t- I don't know, going back in time and spamming your referral link in gen chat. Uh, <laughs> but 
it's part of their fun to be able to be an organized team enough that they can run it with only seven people. And there's a, a certain amount of prestige in being part of a sales run, it seems like, because you got to be kind of the best of the best to, to carry a team like that and be super organized. And and same thing for the the players who do it. Like, what the hell else are you supposed to spend that amount of credits on when you have that much? If you've already gotten the armors you want, there's there's no huge ticket items to buy. Once you have that amount of credits. I mostly keep mine to give away for fun. Ew. Yeah, I do. You interact with the peasants? I mean, the peasants that are my friends that I raid with. Ew, I would never give anything away. They can work (laughs) for their credits. They can run heroics uphill both ways like the rest of us. Oh, there's a couple people. I won't say who, but I am for sure their Swator sugar mama. Oh my god, I'm sure. I'm sure. Oh, you guys know who you are. (laughs) Okay, so there is there is another aspect when it comes to like cheating and good for the game. There's a very interesting item. I would really appreciate if you explain it, not just to the podcast, but to me. So there's an item called Nightmare Crystals. I remember when they first came out, they are very relevant to the content. Like you should you should have been earning them like that was what you're supposed to do. But they still exist and they still work. What what do they do? All right. So a nightmare crystal is you can get a schematic. You need gray helix components to buy it. You buy it off a vendor and then you have to craft it with an absurd amount of crafting materials. Then when you go into a nightmare raid, you pop this crystal and it gives you just a like a straight buff. Like if you were doing 10K DPS, now you're going to do 12 easy. If you are healing, you know, 10 to 12K, you're going to be doing 14, 15 without breaking a sweat. So that is what a nightmare crystal is. You can only use it in a nightmare op. And if you leave the op for any reason, the buff goes away. You don't have it anymore. If you want it back, hope you made a second one because it's gone. So it gives you a really, really solid boost to your damage healing or defenses, but it costs an obscene amount. And why doesn't everyone just use one of these like right now? Like, sure, it's expensive, but like I've never even been on a team and I've been on lots of different teams. They've never even brought it up as a topic. Because in the rating community, they are really frowned on because you should be if you are at a nightmare level, you should be able to clear the content without a crystal. And that is how most nightmare people feel about it. But what I've heard recently from people, the counter to that is, why would people care? It's a part of the game. And if people have this issue with it, then they shouldn't cheese any mechanics at all. Oh, you should just, snap. yeah, you should just eat all the green puddles in uh, the Dreadguard fight in TFB. Right. So there's, you shouldn't cheese the doom. There's plenty of operations where we take advantage of the game in ways that we're not really supposed to. Like we're not playing the fights 100% how we're supposed to, clearly. And that's like the recommended strategy too, whereas this is apparently very not. So that's probably why my team has never brought it up before, mostly just because it's frowned upon. Because all of us are like, a lot of us have a lot of credits. That's clearly not the the reason why. Um, I actually kind of like that though. I like running it with teams that I know, and I like running it the way the game is kind of expected to be played. Um, if there's any really, really big cheeses, um, I actually don't really want to do them with my teams, especially if they're the kind of stuff that'll get patched out. 
But I guess Nightmare Crystal is weird because it's not going to be patched out. As far as we know, it hasn't been removed all this time that it's been a part of the game. Um, I was trying to think about why why people would be so mad about it. Like, I understand for some people you don't want to overinflate your stats because then you'll ignore, like, if you're a DPS, you won't have to learn to be a good DPS. So it's going to be a lot less fun for you. I couldn't think of anything in real life that would be similar, though, Mal. Maybe you can think of something like if you were learning to do something hard, like you were learning to read a complex book or learning a new language or learning how to cook. If you got help with those things, people would be, like, proud of you. Be like, good job. You got a dictionary to help you. Like, but in SOTOR, picking up this item is considered, like, bad. And I can't figure out why it feels that way. Well, because it just it just buffs you overall. It gives you more health. It gives – it just – makes you better it's like if you were if you're an athlete and you take a bunch of steroids that's the best analogy i can come up with but you didn't actually do any extra work right you didn't do any learning you didn't do any extra physical training right you didn't do anything to make your rotation better you didn't do anything to improve yourself or your gear or how you play or manage your dcds you just pop a crystal and you're just doing more damage doing the same shitty rotation you've been doing and to me that's not why i go in nightmare raids i go in nightmare raids to be the best i can be without steroids and there are Mal's gonna be the best around no we'll be no sued. one's gonna stop it oh Oh, right. Suing. Okay, sorry, Apple Podcasts. <laughs> okay, speaking of cheating, is this pay to win if you buy a sales run? Well, yeah, because you're paying to win. <laughs> You've paid your money, yeah. and I assume at the end, you win. Pay to win. So pay to win has really changed what it means over the years. Um, so what, from what I understand, what it originally meant was in any capacity— you could pay real-world dollars to purchase some type of advantage in a game. And when, when as gaming timeline progressed, back in the day, you couldn't. You'd buy the game and you play it. There was nothing you could buy. There was no cash shop. There was no upgrades. There was, like, maybe an expansion you could buy, and that was more for more content. But uh, with, with cash shops of various capacities being added to all these different types of games, the meaning kind of changed a lot. I think where people really, really draw the line is when you have to pay to progress in a meaningful way. Like, let's say you couldn't level up from level um, 55 to 60 without grinding out 80 hours or paying 20 bucks. I think that's kind of what people worry about when they say pay to win these days, like pay to actually progress in some way. SOTOR technically has a bit of that. You can buy XP boosts. You can buy level 70 tokens. Um, and those are all technically pay to win or pay to progress in some way, but I don't think anyone really cares about those because it's so fast to level these days. Yeah, you buy, you buy a boost or you buy a boosted character, but what did you win? You won a level 70 character that you still need to continue leveling up. I guess. But, I mean, I guess you'd have to define what is winning, because to me, you can you can buy a boosted character, you can get to 75, you can buy credits in real life, and you can buy gold augments for your gear. I guess you, I think you can buy other gear on the GTN. It's not going to be optimized, though. You can't buy that. But you can get it, yeah. You could very, very easily buy cartel coins, buy a cartel pack, and buy your armor. Your 306 armor it won't be optimized, as Mal said, but you can still, you can 
purchase your way to a lot of things in SOTOR. I think a sales run is kind of weird because that's one you're very much expected to earn. The game doesn't have any type. There's no GTN of sales runs or anything like that. Um, it's just a weird one. But yeah. So you can buy stuff. Stuff, yeah. But you can't you can't buy someone to sit at your computer and play the game competently for you. That is against the game's terms of service. You can buy the best gear in the world. You can roll into PvP with the best gear anyone has ever seen. But if you don't know how to play, you're just going to get farmed and mopped, and you're not going to have a good time. Mal does not consider it winning if you suck. Speaking of other things Mal thinks about. This week in You Can't Make This Sith Up. People on stealth classes who never sap. In a recent trip to the Red Reaper, a healer, whose name has been redacted to protect her cat, encountered a startling and disturbing phenomenon. You see, the Flashpoint group included a scoundrel DPS, a class celebrated both for making others catch these hands, as well as their stealthing ability. Upon arriving at the first set of enemies that could be sapped, and thus successfully passed by, the group waited eagerly as the scoundrel dropped into stealth, snuck up behind the enemy, and backblasted it. Shocked, the group began fighting off the crowd of angry enemies. Surely this was some kind of mistake, a fluke, an accidental key press. The group soldiered on to the next sappable group and waited with bated breath as the scoundrel once more slipped into invisibility and opened fire on the surrounding enemies. Perhaps the scoundrel was unaware of the tranquilizer ability and how it functioned. Perhaps they did not know that with a stealther, the Red Reaper flashpoint can be completed in 15 minutes. Whatever the cause, the effects are that if you are on a stealth class and you never sap, in this reporter's opinion, you are a f***ing asshole. If you haven't learned how to sap an enemy or even what that means, practicing your class and your rotation solo is a great thing to do. There's lots of stuff you can do solo, and we're going to be talking about another one of those coming up. Flying solo. All right. So this week in our flying solo segment, we are going to be talking about one of my favorite things to do in Swator. Achievements. Saya, how many achievement points do you have? I am at... 39,320 achievement points, mostly just from trying to play different parts of the game. I don't really achievement hunt specifically for points. Woo woo. That is a lot of achievement points, Saya. You say that like I can't see how many you have. Mal, what is your big tally total? My big tally total is 54,015 achievement points. Hoo-wee, ha, mama. So that being said, uh, we you still have a lot. 39,000 is a lot. Yeah, I was surprised. What are some of your favorite or most fun achievements that you have achieved? So some of my most fun ones, we talked a lot about operations earlier. I really like doing them with the teams, with friends, with guildmates. So when I get one of those 
adventure mode or the very few nightmare mode ones I have, I am so proud. I'm like, yes, yes, I need to post this so everybody can see it. Um, I'm really excited about one we did recently. Mal was actually a part of my team for that. She's got a big grin on her face right now. And uh, that was for the Apex Vanguard, the final boss of the newest operation, Nature of Progress. And that was in veteran mode. And dang, it was hard. We were getting really discouraged. And one of the reasons I'm so proud of that one is because I, I advocated for myself and the strategy that I wanted to use a little more than I normally do. And that big change in strategy that was actually suggested by an, another guide creator named Merlin. And and uh, we were able to pass it with a lot more flying colors at that point. And that that fight takes a lot of effort from every player to really learn their class, to optimize their DPS, to optimize all the different mechanics of the fight. And uh, and to stay awake. Be able to, to stay awake, right? <laughs> it's a long fight. And to stay awake during what is a very, very long and boring fight. So I was just so proud to have, have been able to be the main tank of that one. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm excited about any of those. Um, for solo ones, when I was a preferred player, uh, I spent a lot of time hunting down achievements because there was a lot of content that was either less optimal to play as preferred or I was locked out of. Um, so I went and looked for the Beastmaster, Loremaster, Datacron Master, and Galactic Explorer. And all of those I found really fun, very explorational, very imaginative activities to go do. And I thought of one more, um, the space missions. I actually have a hundred percent of those and they're really fun because a lot of the achievements are hidden and you get to like, you're like, oh, you look them up and you're like, oh my God, I can destroy that part of the map. Like I can <laughs> annihilate an entire space station. Man, I was proud of myself just for shooting down like 25 TIE fighters earlier. So that one was a really fun one to go hunt down. What about you, Mal? I know you you have a lot of nightmare mode ones that I don't have. So what do you got? Um, it's getting hard to pick what we do now in nightmare because I'm really down to just a few things that I need. Uh, the DP nightmare timer run. Um, I need so that's uh, running Dread Palace on on the hardest mode, right? And but you have to do it on a timer. A ton of the operations have that. Do you have most of the timer ones? I do. That's the last timer one I need is to run DP Nightmare in one hour. Aside from that, that's really it. I have a couple one-offs like Surviving Styrak Nightmare Mode, Surviving Terror Nightmare. And you'll get those eventually kind of thing, yeah. I will get them eventually, but like there's none really except for Gods, which not my cup of tea. So I don't know if I'll ever get God's Nightmare, but that's my choice to really not try to do it. Uh, Ducks in Nightmare, which I'm hoping one of my groups will start pulling again. Is that is that a wiggle waggle in my direction or is that in your own group? Because I don't think my group is heading in there. I don't have enough attention span for that. We just finished veteran mode. No, that's in some of my other groups. Oh, good luck, Mal's other groups. You heard it here. If you don't run it, she's going to leave you in the dust. Yeah, so that's what I'm hoping to do in the future. Some of the most impressive and cool ones I have, I have some of the Ducks and Extra achievements. One of the most fun ones we did was I Guess We Win. That's where you defeat the Huntsmaster without him actually dying, and he kills Shelly. <gasps> He'll kill Shelly? He'll kill Shelly, yep. He'll roll up to the lake. That's so sad. And kill her dead. And then the fight's over. It's really funny. Um, and another fun one in there is on the Trandos fight, Pain Train, which is where you kill all of them together with one train. 
oh, I always wanted to do that just in like story mode or something because it's so fun watching two of them getting smushed. Can you not do it in story mode? You can do it, but you won't get the achievement. Oh, new goals. Got it. We did it in 16 man. That fight is kind of a joke on 16 man veteran mode. It's easy or it's a hot mess? No, it's very easy. And then I know you actually, we've talked about in previous episodes that you don't just run operations. You and your friend really like to go do flashpoints. Do you have any cool achievements from there? We have the the meat bag achievement. The one where you kill HK in the foundry <laughs> and in the other one that I forget now. And uh, actually, one of the, it's not my favorite, one of the most pain in the ass flashpoint ones to get is Mandalorian Raiders. It's nuts because... In the second fight, you have to fight all four of the classes. So if you're pub side, you have to fight one of each of the classes. You have to fight the warrior, an inquisitor, a bounty hunter, etc., etc. And then you have to go back and do it again 25 times on the imp side because you have to fight a commando, a gunslinger, a Jedi Knight, and a consular. Oh my god. So you have to either run that flashpoint or at least that specific fight 50 times to get that achievement. That is more flashpoints than I have attention span for. And you have that one? We did get that one, yep. My applause for you, Mel. Thank you. Thank you. How about you, Saya? For flashpoints? I don't I don't know if I ever care too much about them. I always saw the achievement about Manon, though. Maybe you know about this one, the one where you have to go kick canisters? <laughs> yes. How does that one work? And do you have that one? I do have that one. It's those little Colto Healy canisters that I just love but anyway in this flashpoint you're supposed to kick them and you have to kick an absurd amount of them like i think 750 it's like 200 or i don't even know something like that in the flashpoint you have to break these canisters for an achievement what about impressive achievements um i'm still like on my high of defeating apex vanguard (laughs) i'm rolling around be like i'm a hard mode raider now I think that's great. I think that's great. Um, And going back to ones that are fun, I really actually had fun doing the Master Mode Uprisings. Oh, gosh. I don't even know if I've I've probably gone into those. Is there any really interesting achievements for those? Or is it just run them X amount of times? Well, you have to you have to run them, uh, beat them. A lot of them, they have these little extra achievements. Like I threw 100 grenades. You use 100 stims in the fight. Mm, mm-hmm. There's one actually that's in Denova where you have to do stuff like that, like throwing grenades. Or I think it was there's a part where you get into a turret. One of you goes in a turret. The other one of you stays out with the boss. And you you get in the turret and you there's an achievement for killing things with the turret. And we actually managed to break it so that the boss was stuck in the ground, not moving. The fight was not progressing because he was just stuck there, kind of not doing what he was supposed to. And we realized we could just go in and out of the turret. In and out, in and out. So we would just switch back and forth, and we mopped that achievement, that very pull. That was your nightmare mode crystal of (laughs) flashpoint achievements. No, the game was working as intended. I didn't, like I said, I didn't do master mode. (laughs) I don't do a lot of master mode uprisings, but I'm really proud of the master mode chapters. Uh, did, Did you say earlier you had not finished those? No, I hadn't really bothered Oh, my God. You suck. You're such a freaking noob. I I was shocked that you didn't do those because you do so much Nightmare Mode rating, and that's the closest equivalent 
Those master mode expansion chapters are the hardest pieces of content for solo players. Like they are, some of them are not too bad, but there's a couple fights there that are harsh. Um, there's one that I spent three hours trying to learn. <gasps> no. I did it. I was doing it live too. So everyone was watching my failures over and over and over. <laughs> oh no, that's the worst. Um, so I had to find something that worked for my tank who doesn't do a lot of damage. And and managing your companion is this whole nother side of combat that I'd never had to do before. Um, so it was super satisfying. There was one. There's one fight that's exponentially harder than the rest and a lot of other people to finish the achievement they'll invite a friend in it's the nightmare mode crystal of master mode chapters it's not cheating by any means uh, the game very much invites you to bring a friend if you want but it's not not nearly as impressive if you if you get your buddy to come help you uh mop these up but i've actually helped other people finish theirs by by joining them in the instance um so they could finish up their achievements for whatever reason that they they wanted to. So proud of that one. I will brag to everyone. I finished the Master Mode chapters. I'm a pro gamer. That is awesome. And I'm very proud of you. I am just now starting the Master Mode chapters. I never really did them. I I did them all on Story. And then I went back and I did them on Veteran. Mm, I didn't do that. I found out that if you do Master Mode, it counts for veteran. So I did like one chapter in veteran and I was like, okay, let's bump this sucker up oh, to 110% straight to master mode. Okay. Yeah. That's, uh, that's really, really good information to know about that. Ha. Um, it, it's funny that works like that because you clear nightmare ops. It will not that's give you. That's not how it works. No, no, that's not how it works. But I never did it because some of the chapters I don't like them. No, they're not necessarily oh. fun. So I decided to watch them, I think, because I was playing with 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 chat, with live stream. But I think if I was doing it by myself, I would just space barred through. The, the thrill was in the fights. Yep. There's not a lot of fun in between. But the fights, some of them are really, really fun and challenging and, like, worth doing and worth seeing at least once. Um, for anyone who's listening in, um, there's a really good blog called Going Commando. Um, like, haha, get it? Like, no underwear? No, only your underwear. Wait, something like that. And she's got a, a blog where she, it's not a guide, but she talks about her experience walking through as a healer, like what she tried, what worked for her and stuff like that. Yeah, what worked for me is to just run in pop heroic moment, use all that. And then when Darth Maul eventually did, I just ran from pillar to pillar. Spoilers. Oh, my God. Well, it, the shit's been out for like five years now. So get on the train or turn off the podcast and go to another station. <laughs> get on the pain train. Daddy Mars. No, 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 no. He as in he was my companion. And after I used him for heroic moment. So really, you spoiled this. Oh, <laughs> you did this. <laughs> um, and it beep it out. Beep it out. I just let him die. I'm, I am. I'm just going to bleep and I'll let people figure out what word was used there. Um, you got it. You have to bleep that one so out, I, too. I wore my endless offensive set, and I just went from pillar to pillar, hitting him with TK blitzes and healing myself, line of sighting all his garbage. And I was like, I don't, I don't need you, Darth Mar. That was my problem. I was operating in the chapter thinking that I really needed a companion to beat it. But you don't. Might as well go naked. Punch it. Who knows? Um, so I know you're super into achievements, like way beyond what I'm interested in them, but I have enough points that I, I clearly uh, chased after them at some point. They weren't always in the game, though, were they? They weren't there from launch. Oof. Oof. 
I'm sorry, I hit a sore spot for you. This might be one of the biggest oofs for people who have been playing this game since launch. So, on April 9th, 2013, Switor launched the achievement system. And I know that because a lot of my operations achievements are all dated 4-9-2013 because that's when these came about. So, at that point, myself and many of my friends, we had already been playing for two years. And nothing was given retroactively except a few things. So some operations stuff and some heroics were checked off. Every robot you killed on Coruscant, every insectoid on Alderaan, every Shawclaw on Voss, none of them counted for the last two years before achievements came out. And we were all pretty fucking mad about it. We had no credit towards the hundreds of flashpoints we had run because at the various level caps, there were flashpoints that were kind of the hardest and best content to run. False Emperor. God, I don't know how many times I ran that. And Kaon and Lost Island. That was what we ran a lot of because they were challenging and they dropped gear. That was right before Oricon and the Dread Ops. Right. It was way more, way more worth it to actually run the flashpoints back then because there was less content in general in the game. Yes, exactly. And back then, you had to put together a group. There was no group finder. <gasps> I forgot about that too. Dang. Yeah. You had to put the group together and decide you were going to go do that as a group. And then they roll out achievements and we, you have no credit for, you know, the 100k on and 100 lost islands. That you had done. Did did anyone from your friend group quit over that? Did anyone like rage quit? Oh, no, 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 no. No, it wasn't that big of a deal, but everyone was really upset about it. Yes, and it's taken a long time. That's the achievement that we look at now and go, Ugh, Do we have to? Do I really <laughs> do I really want to run Gaon and Lost Island <laughs> 25 times? Oh, it hurts. When you actually brought this up earlier when we were deciding on a topic for this podcast episode, I had actually forgotten that achievements weren't there from the launch of the game because I play a lot. Anyone who knows me knows that I play this game a lot and have been since launch, but I play very casually. I'm not like super hardcore. I don't grind, nothing like that. Um, I remember there being a general feeling of anxiousness or dread or like worry when that happens. But I mean, uh, same thing. I don't think anyone quit over it, which is, I think, the only true important factor. And in your case, it certainly gave you plenty to do down the road, right? Eh, eh. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I wish they had given the credits for the kills and the the flashpoints over the operations and the heroics. Because you're running those anyway now, yeah. You run those all the time. <laughs> you're making a really hilarious face. I'm just going to stop. <gasps> I wanted, I wanted to talk about the achievement I don't have yet. Okay, before we move on to the news, Saya wants to talk about the one achievement she does not have. I really wanted to talk about it. I made her stop the segment so I could talk about it. So the only achievement that I really want to get is in the possessions category. There is an actual possessions achievement. So I'm trying to look for like all this crazy weird stuff. I need that exploding crate from the daily logins. I need the Dread Seed and Dreadforge armor from the 
It's a seeker oh. droid, and I cannot, I cannot bring myself yeah. to do it. Every time I forget. <laughs> Every couple of years, I'm like, I need that achievement, and I restart learning how the quest works, and I'm like, I can't. I can't do it. I need um, the collector's edition pet. I don't really want to spend $500 on a collector's edition, so probably not going to get that one. And I need the Desler Explorer mount from CZ198. Do you have that one? It's like a super rare drop from a rare enemy spawn. Yeah, I don't I don't think I have that one. But I know where to camp for it if you want to camp. <laughs> I don't want to camp. That's the problem. Um, you might have this one. There's the Longspur Scout. It drops from Maelstrom Prison and the Foundry only. It's I think it's uh up and down purple mount. I bet you you have it even if you don't know what it is. I'm sure somewhere. And lastly, I need the Tursa Champion from Space Missions, which is the only one of these I might actually get one day. All right. So we've heard a lot about achievements in Swator. Uh, some of those achievements are actually dailies and uh, events. A lot of achievements come from events that are coming up. So uh, I think we're going to close out this segment and let Saya tell us the news that's coming up for the week. Heard it here last. We don't have a ton of news. However, there was a new short story posted to Sotor.com about the new planet of Elam that we'll be seeing as part of the expansion. So if you want to learn a little more about this very lore-focused planet that's going to be heavily expanded in this flashpoint, you can check out the short story there. And we also got the events calendar for October 2021. And we've got coming up. The Dantooine Pirate Incursion event will be October 5th through 12th. The Feast of Prosperity event, which is a once-a-year kind of autumn Thanksgiving event, and that will be October 12th to November 2nd. We have the long-awaited Double XP will be running during the same time, October 12th to November 2nd. To Get that limitless. And the Bounty event will be October 19th through 26th. Mal mentioned achievements for events. So if you're a long-term player and you feel you've already gotten all the rewards from those events, you've already played them plenty, achievements are a really fun thing to go hunt down. And some of them are quite fun for the achievements. They are indeed. And I'm glad to see the double XP was coming back. There was a lot of talk. Oh, will there be, will there be double XP coming back? For especially for the players who are trying to achieve limitless. Oh, I should be really I should be really excited about that. I'm going after the other one. So what's limitless? Limitless is to reach renown. It's renown, right? Renown rank 999 on a character. Y'all are a bunch of psychopaths. Mal does have that one. Congratulations. I'm going after the slightly easier one. I don't know if it has an overall name, but it's getting rank 100 on each of the eight classes. So it goes along with my theme of trying to play other classes for once in my life. I think that is great. And I also think if you want to get it, get it. Because honestly, Saya, I don't know if they are going to keep that. This might be the only opportunity. Right? We haven't. We haven't heard anything. We don't have any news, but I'm also placing my money on that. The Renown system will either be changed or reset or something like that. So I'm trying to get mine now just in case. And the double XP event does double your Renown. So that's why Mal brought it up. Go take advantage of that. It does and suck up to your guildmaster so they buy the perks for the ship. All right, Saya, I think that's all we have for today. It was so great to have you guys with us as we complained and argued about everything in Star Wars The Old Republic. Over and out. Bye. 
You've been listening to the Starforge Podcast with Sai and Mal. We know you have your choice of podcasts and you chose the right one. For show notes and other information, visit StarForgePodcast.com and hit us up on Twitter at StarForgeCast. We'd love to hear from you. Listen in with Google or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or on Sotorista's YouTube channel. New episodes drop every Friday, so mark your calendar and come join the party. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Are you? Are we paused? Are we? No, paused? no, no. Just keep, just keep it rolling. I ain't blow my nose. And I don't know how to mute my microphone now. Well, just turn your head away. Blow your nose. Oh my god! I'll just cut it out. I won't even put it in the outtakes. <laughs> my other microphone had a mute button. Oh, you just turned the gain to zero. That I can't. It's I have to be like. <laughs> well, I don't know what to tell you about that. I'm just complaining. <laughs>